You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. One of the things we like to do every year as we start the year is to look back on the year before and remember what God's done. So part of that, and I'm going to share some of the, the testimonies of his faithfulness and his goodness, but part of that is also um, what we've been able to do, what he's provided financially and what we've been able to do. And Mark does such an amazing job of overseeing um, w- with our eldership team, but he's sort of like the, the, the point person of overseeing our finances. Um, and so I want him to come and uh, I don't know if financial review is like the right because it sounds very businesslike, but actually like just he's going to share some of what came, came in and what we were able to do because we're not here just to kind of hoard a profit. We're here to use the resources to see the kingdom advanced. And so, um, Mark, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all you do in stewarding this well. Will you, uh, will you bring us up today and remind us? Yeah, thank you guys for standing and honoring it. That's awesome. Um, remind us of some of the things that God's done and what the last years look like. And uh, then I'll come up afterwards and we're going to share some more testimonies. Cool? Thank you. Thanks, Matt. So for those that are judging me for my water bottle, I'll pray for you, okay? <laughs> Don't judge the water bites bottle, okay? So thanks for being here today. Um, I'm going to give you a brief overview of, what, of how we did financially as a church in the 21-22 financial period, as Matt said. Um, this is for those that aren't accounting-minded. It's from 1st of July 2021 to June 30, 30 June 2022. God is very precise, and I love that about him. <laughs> but I count it such a privilege to be in a position to see the faithfulness and the generosity of God's people from week to week and year to year. I've been doing this for a number of years now, and it's, it always blows my mind because people are incredibly generous, and you can only you know, work out that they actually have a revelation that God is good. So one of my responsibilities for those that don't know is to make sure that we account properly for our money we receive and money that we spend as a church. And we have procedures in place, checks and balances to make sure that we are properly accountable before the Lord, first and foremost, but then also in the eyes of the authorities. So every, every year we have our financials audited by an independent accounting company as required by law for not-for-profit organizations. And this was concluded uh, last year in November, and the audit opinion was that we were in compliance with legislation. Uh, in, other words, in other words, they were satisfied that we were reporting our income and expenditure accurately, and that there was no there there going on. <laughs> there there. So 21-22 has been an awesome year, uh, full of praise reports and the evidence of God leading us, guiding us, sustaining us uh, through this time. It hasn't been particularly difficult. There were some COVID things. But for Him sustaining us and leading us, I want to give Him all the glory and the honor. Amen. So our overall position, if you could maybe put up the first graph there, a bar graph. Uh, So the purple represents the 21 22 year. I wish I had a laser pointer. Maybe I do. Let's have a look. Oh, here we go. Oh, does it work? (laughs) 
I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> All right, let me not get distracted. <laughs> I actually bought this for our cat so we can... <laughs> Is it mesmerizing? Okay. Anyway, so, so after all expenses, so we're looking at this chart over here, um, MLC reflected a surplus a profit of $48,000 compared to the previous year, which was a little bit more. And, um, but the main reason for this result is the increase of our ministry expenditure. So you can see the um, incredible increase from the previous period. And... Um, <clears throat> and so, um, mo mostly that's employee expenses, um, but what, what's also been fantastic to see is an is, um, uh, increase in our outreach expenses, which has been incredible. Let's go to graph number two. So this is, uh, this is uh, overall income. Um, so you can see here our tires were up by 21%. So the previous picture was net surplus, so after expenses, this is before. So our tires were up, which is fantastic. You can see um, our offerings were up, which is fantastic. Uh, cafe, you can see, is not a priority in our lives, but it, uh, that's probably the amount of coffee that I drink, to be honest. <laughs> and Alex, Alex is another big coffee drinker. Um, yep, so you can see, you can get a good idea there. The offerings were up by uh, from 11,000 to 31,000. Uh, our cafe takings were up significantly as well, but not worthwhile mentioning how much really. <laughs> Uh, tires were up from, from $337,000 to $388,000. That's an increase of 15%. And so, I mean, here's a fun fact what financial people do. They look at trends, right? That's what we do. You know, my wife, she's going from magnificence to magnificence. <laughs> but I thought it would be interesting to see, um, you know, over the last 10 years, what has been our trend? Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I haven't told you deliberately, so I could share it, yeah, publicly. Our trend has been upwards for the last 10 years. We started at around $200,000 as, as gross income, and we have now trending at 400000 over 10 years. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. But this speaks to me about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of, of God's people, it also tells me that as a church, we have a revelation of what it means to be a generous people. It also tells me that there's an incredible level of maturity, spiritual maturity, in the people of Melbourne Lights Church. You don't give unless you have a revelation. You know, there's always a tendency to hold back. But when you have a revelation of God's goodness, you give, because you understand it. And so whenever we speak and teach about tithes and offerings, it's never about us getting your money. You know, sometimes you don't want to talk about money. It's one of those things you don't want to talk about. But when we teach and, and preach and, and share about it, it is really f trying to help us understand that God is our provider. If we can settle that, then we can walk into financial freedom. And it's about trust. And the Bible says he's no man's debtor, which means you can never outgive him. And I challenge you to do that. And the important thing to do is we don't give to get from God. We simply give to honor Him. And I just, I believe as a prophetic word for all of us that the, the more we trust Him with our resources, the more financial freedom we will come into 
that we haven't experienced before. I really feel that. So let's go to graph number three. So I tried to explain to Elodie that this was a pie chart and not a donut or a piece of cake, but she wouldn't have a bar of it. to make it fun, right? Um, so you can see there, I don't know if you can see very clearly, but this is our source of income. Uh, most of our income is from tithes, and uh, the second uh, portion is, is offerings, and then there's cafe, a little, little bit of cafe. So feel free to spend a lot at, at cafe in the weeks to come so we can boost that little area. Um, yeah, thanks. That's, that's great. So you guys get an overall picture of uh, our source of income. Um, expenditure. Let's work, move on to expenditure. Graph number four. <clears throat> so overall, our expenditure is up by 26%. Uh, and this is mo mostly a combination of some savings made in some areas and increased expenses in others. Our admin cost was a little bit higher. Um, our ministry's costs were, were higher as well. Um, but the main reasons uh, for the admin cost being higher is uh, we had some COVID restrictions in the, in, the, in the previous year, and then that was relaxed a bit in 21, 22, and so we were able to meet. And we could, you know, there's, there's uh, things like uh, office supplies and cafe and catering and waste management, all that kind of stuff. Um, facilities were down, facility expenses, so it's utilities and that kind of thing. And I'm very excited to tell you that we installed solar panels in July 2021, if that doesn't excite you, then I don't know what will. <laughs> but that's been an incredible saving for us. You know, so it's actually brought our utility bills down. Isn't it amazing? Our ministry costs have increased by 40%. And like I said, that's the main reason for that is um, we increased our staff. We brought Paul and Gabby onto staff and Sam and I want to honor them this morning because they're doing an incredible job. Can we honor them? Can we give them a round of applause? They carry a gift. They're a blessing to us, and they are, uh, we just love them so much. Thank you guys for the ministry that you guys do. Um, so also included in the ministries is other things like children, mercy, outreach, youth, and young adults. And uh, we've, we've, we've spending a lot more money in that area as well. Did I buy the children? Yes, they're very expensive children. <laughs> you have them, then you pay for the rest of your days. But we love them. We do love them. Can we have the graph number five, please? <laughs> I've had four, so I can't speak about it. Um, so this gives us an idea, I don't expect you to read through all of this, but this gives us an idea of, of, of what we're spending our money on, and you can see that ministry is what we spend mostly our money on, apostolic, we support various uh, things outside of ourselves, and administration takes up a really, really small part of our overall expenses. Um, and facilities, as you would expect. So we, we really are putting our money into, into resources, pastoral care, and so on. And that's a wonderful thing. So in summary, wait, there's more, sorry to say. But 
2021-22 has been a wonderful year of getting back to some sort of normality after the lockdowns and COVID restrictions. Um, our ability to love on people and care for them has grown exponentially due to the amazing pastoral team that we have. Uh, Matt and Elodie are incredible. They've, you know, Matt is the steady captain of the ship and he leads us so well. Thanks for that, guys. Give them a hand. They deserve a hand. But during this time, we've loved, supported, encouraged, and discipled people. We've ministered translocally in homes as well as on the streets. Um, during this period, we've had 28 days of thankfulness. We've preached the Gospels. Teams have gone out. We've hosted Rise Up events. We've done street outreaches. We've dedicated babies. We've had baptisms. But wait, there's more. We've counseled people, meaning we've given them godly perspective of, on how to live. We're continuing to invest in pastoral care. Uh, leaders have been raised up. Uh, we've also been able to support people with financial needs. Some of this support was provided during COVID when people couldn't work. We helped someone by fixing up a car, servicing and paying for the rego. We sent a gift of over $2,000 to a church in India. We helped North Coast Church with a, with a gift of $1,000 during the floods in Casino. We've helped people with uh, their medical bills in Indonesia. We sent a love gift to people in Afghanistan. We gave a gift to Compassion. We've had more nights. We've had men's burger nights. We've, we've run Silence Breakers courses. We ran the mental health seminar with Angela. Angelo, uh, we had the awesome Pat Steele come through and share on evangelism, and we gave him a gift. Uh, we gave out Christmas hampers and gifts to people in the church and uh, to the homeless We've invested in various areas of ministry, such as youth, children, the music team. We've also managed to build up an excellent buffer in our provision account to assist with ministry-related endeavors. And we're seeing the prophetic word of the revolving door coming to pass, people coming in for ministry, people going out for ministry. And um, I just, I really believe that we are well positioned for growth. And I believe that if we continue on with this path of godly stewardship, our finances, over our finances, God will continue to bless us. And I want to give him a hand today. Give, give the, let's stand for the Lord. Give him a hand and thank him for his goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And thank you, Mark. It's the most, um, it's a riveting financial reviewer. <laughs> now, I love this. I think it's important for us as, a, as a, a community together to see how we're stewarding resources and have vision for what God's doing. Um, it's important because it gives us vision as we continue to partner with what he's doing. Um, in Proverbs 20, 29, verse 18, it says that where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint or there's discouragement. Um, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Something about saying this is actually what we can do together. This is what we are doing. And I mean, th that's only up to like the middle of last year. Yeah, since then, we've been able to give gifts to the um, churches in the Ukraine um, to bless Taylor and Sylvia as they've gone and send them to Romania to see some. I mean, there's this, it's ongoing. And it's not like, you know, we can think about like it's the organization. It's not. It's you and I together who are saying, actually, we want to pool our resources to see the kingdom extended. 
I love it. God is good. Thank you to every person who's partnered in bringing tithes into the storehouse, giving faithfully, um, above and beyond, sowing into what God's doing. Um, one of the things that we want to do this year going forward is, on top of that, is kind of develop a fund to help people who are in need outside of the church. So as we outreach and as we, re- as we minister to people, we, there's a lot of people with homelessness, with different issues that we want to be able to come alongside. And so we want to um, actually give the opportunity to give into that fund so that we can use that for them. I mean, we've, we've been able to help people pay their rent and put them in, in housing and get them some really practical areas of need that we've been able to meet, buy groceries. Um, so that's going to be called our community care fund. We could, yeah, so it's just going to be community care. So if you want to give to that on our giving envelopes, you can write community care. You can put it in the notes when you transfer. We'll talk about it a bit more and we'll put it in our newsletter. But just another area that as we step out on mission and as we reach out, we can also practically help people. Yeah? Amazing. I want to share with you on the back of Mark's amazing uh, sharing about the finances and what God's done, some of the, the spiritual testimonies from last year to celebrate healing, salvations. So I've got a list of them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them because I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Is that all right? Megan had a friend who was healed after having a stroke following surgery. Ethan and Jamal saw a guy saved in Doveton when they went out on the street. Mark and Deej prayed for a friend's back who they played sport with and he was healed. Some of these you'll remember because there's some, some social media videos. But even as I was going through them, I was like, wow, I forgot about that. Dave prayed for a lady over the phone, also prayed for freedom from fear for a customer who had been assaulted and had a whole lot of opportunities um, to share hope with people through his workplace. Elisha's back was healed during a prayer time, one of our prayer meetings. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how we forget the, the testimonies ourselves of God's goodness. Um, Chantel prayed for a newly saved man on the streets to be set free from alcoholism. They had written the word joy on the ground. She felt a dance with him on that word joy over the pavement. And the man was totally overwhelmed and began to declare, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Hans Halema um, had prayer for his leukemia. And it improved so much that his chemotherapy was canceled. Do you remember that one? Gabby and Chantel got to pray for a lady in the food court who had a crushing weight on her chest or in her chest um, and healing and peace came immediately as they began to pray for her. Louise got to lead Deb to Jesus and she was filled with the Holy Spirit in her home. Um, Ethan led another guy to Jesus and baptized him in a mud puddle at a bush doof. One of the best videos of the year. Um, Michaela and Alicia got to um, buy food for a couple of homeless guys and because of that got to pray with them. Um, Simon had the opportunity through his work um, and connections to share in front of a class about his faith and overcoming anxiety and suicidal thoughts. Because of that, a student came to him who's a Christian and asked him if he could stay in contact because he's another Christian in science. Gabby and I got to lead a couple to, the, to Jesus on the streets. We got their phone number, and I actually think that she, uh, she told us she was going back to court in, within 10 minutes and she was going to go to jail. But they both accepted Jesus and we're in tears. I love that. Um, Ethan led a guy to Jesus on the streets after sharing his testimony from the, from the mic. Jeremy got to share hope with a guy at the train station. Jeremy features heavily. I think that Jeremy has shared with more people this year than anyone else. I, well done. I, 
I said that to him before, and he said, no, no, that's just the ones that we did videos of because he's very humble. But also, I want to honor where honors do because you are on a mission, and we should all be on that same mission. Ryan, Aiden, and Jenna prayed for a guy whose hand was locked shut since 1970, and as, his, as they prayed, his fingers began to move. Amy Krasinga had an incredible testimony of healing. She also got to pray uh, for her brother who had a workplace injury by cutting his toe with a, with a chainsaw. Um, and had multiple surgeries, but after they prayed, he was healed and could use his toe again. Um, Seppo, Fred is, uh, Seppo led his friend Jared to Jesus. Yvette had a long-lasting pain in her hip, had tried medicine, chemo, uh, chemo and physio, chemo, Cairo, oh my gosh. Tried medicine, physio, and Cairo, but nothing helped until Monica prayed, and she's been pain-free in her hip ever since. Um, it's amazing. I mean, there's lots of them. Gabby got to pray for a lady and see her set free from demonic oppression and torment. Gabby got to pray for a lot of people and see him set free from demonic oppression and torment. Yay, Jesus. Uh, can I say this? I'm not telling you the people's names to, to, like, try and glorify the person, but it is part of the story. Like, it is all Jesus, and it is all, it's all him. But there, it, it, he uses us, and he partners with us. And so it's not, you know, I don't like to be just like somebody did this and somebody did that. It's like, this is us. This is, these are our testimonies of who Jesus is and what he's doing. Um, we, get, we got to give out soup and pray for people on the street. Louise prayed for a lady who'd lost her husband. The lady experienced the Holy Spirit and said that amazing peace came over her. She also got to pray for a taxi driver in the Philippines whose hand was healed. And she led Bella to Jesus at the airport. How amazing is that? that was a, that's, a power, that's a power trip right there. A powerful trip, not a... Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Jeremy prayed for a workmate who was set free from anxiety and fear. Caleb and Stephen got to lead a person to Jesus um, at one of the street outreaches. Jason was healed during worship. He came, was sick, and said he was healed afterwards. Uh, Louisa's shoulder, I love this one, was healed after being injured for 20 years. She actually said that she had pain in her shoulder for 20 years. Prayer after a meeting, healing came. Jeremy prayed for a lady at Woolworths with a broken thumb. And when he saw her the next day, her thumb was healed. Henry's sprained ankle was totally healed, and he left not needing to use his crutches after the meeting. Paul Bremer got um, a new job after people prayed. Deej got to pray for a client with stage four cancer. Lewis and Henry prayed for a lady with cancer at the markets. Lewis and Henry are eight um, and gave out flowers just so you don't know who they are. Um, Sharon prayed for her nephew suffering from nightmares, and peace came straight away. Sam got to share Jesus with a guy at St. Kilda Beach after the youth went there for the end of year thing, and they got to lead him to Jesus. Jeremy prayed for um, a Muslim client's shoulder, and it felt, uh, it felt better a short while later. Jeremy's friend also came and got saved. Uh, Joey and I got to pray for a man on the streets, and it had one of the most wild deliverances I've ever seen on the streets. Um, it was like, he, yeah, there was just say that he vomited a lot. Um, but there was lots of demons that came out. And Joey and I praise the Lord, didn't vomit with him. Um, it was amazing because um, his dad's actually a pastor in our city. Um, and so just to, like, I just said to him, mate, you need to go tell your dad about this freedom. And he left to go straight home to talk to his dad. Um, Leanna prayed for a lady's shoulder at the supermarket, um, and her shoulder was healed. And then she got to pray for the checkout guy's hand because he had seen her pray for the lady's shoulder in the supermarket. Um, we've seen heaps of deliverances, as Bark said, baptisms. We've sent teams. We've made much of Jesus. 
what a privilege. And these are just the ones that we've written down and been able to record over the last year. How good is Jesus? There's way more than that, but let's give him a hand. There's more for us this year. We don't share those to go, look at how good we are. It's look at how good Jesus is, but he has more in store for us. And if, you, if your thought when you hear those testimonies is, I wish I had a testimony like that, then I want to tell you this morning that this year is your year. Would you turn with me quickly? We've got five minutes left to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse uh, 12 to 14. It says, on the following day when they came to Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to it to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. And his disciples heard it. I don't know if you remember, if you were here two weeks ago, many of you are away. And if you were away, you can listen to the podcast. Um, but two weeks ago, I preached about fruitfulness. In the kingdom, as in the natural, there is an expectation of fruitfulness. The first thing God says to the man and woman in Genesis, chapter 1, verse 28, the first thing he speaks to them, he speaks blessing over them, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. In the kingdom, there's an expectation that as we walk with the Father, and as we are becoming more like Jesus, that we are fruitful. I think in church... Unfortunately, we've often made the expectation that the church or the leaders are fruitful. And we just get to sit and hear about their fruitfulness. But I want to undo that. In the kingdom, there's an expectation that every one of us bears kingdom fruit. In Mark chapter 11, verse 20 to 24, it says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the, the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Uh, verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That idea, that phrase, this mountain, to be taken up and cast into the sea was a common phrase to do the impossible. It was like a, a, it was a figure of speech in the time that you can do the impossible. Jesus is saying that do we have faith? Do you have faith for the impossible? Because they were marveling that he cursed the fig tree and it withered. There's an expectation of fruitfulness. It wasn't fruitful. He cursed it and it withered. But then the disciples are like, like wow, that, that's, that's not normal. And he goes, no, no. With faith, you can do the impossible. I want to take the couple minutes that we have left and ask you the question this morning, what do you have faith for in 2023? Because you've heard some of the things that we have faith for. And hopefully that's some of the things we have faith for together. I have faith for more salvations and as we send teams and for greater release of finances and for the kingdom. But what do you have faith for? The question is not what does Matt have faith for. That's the question that God's asking me. But the question he's asking you is, what do you have faith for? We've heard of some of God's faithfulness in the area of finances. Some of his faithfulness has helped us uh, bless and help others. The testimonies of healing and deliverance and salvation. But what do you have faith for? Or what do you have vision for? What's God saying to you? What do you want to see happen 
this year. Have you actually stopped in the last four weeks and asked God, what do you want to do in me and through me this year? Because if we don't, week becomes week, month becomes month. We're like, wow, it's already February this week. And you get to the end of this year, and you can hear the testimonies again and go, oh, I wish I had the testimonies. And I wish I led somebody to Jesus. And I wish and I wish. But would you stop this morning in light of hearing what God's done and what he's doing and ask him, what do you want me to do? How do you want to use me this year? Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think or imagine, some translations say, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. He is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine. But have you asked? Have you asked, do you have faith for healing this year? Do you have faith for your marriage to be restored? Do you have faith for your family to be saved? Because God wants to use you. Do you have faith to lead somebody to Jesus? I've often heard people say, I just want to lead somebody to Jesus. Can I say that there's a practical application to that faith point as well? I hope we all have faith to lead somebody to Jesus. But you also need to pray for them, and then you need to share the gospel with them. Because how will they know unless somebody shares? Do you have faith to share the love of Jesus? Do you have faith to maybe lead a discipleship group? Some of you, I think, need to come on a trip to the nations. Some of you need to go, you know what, I will open my home. Some of you need to say, I will commit to discipleship this year. Some of you need to begin to use your gifts that God's given you. How does God want to use you this year? And can I say this? This is not from the perspective of obedience, but from the perspective of fruitfulness. There's a whole lot of things around obedience in the Bible that you just need to do. Can I be honest? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm praying and asking God whether I should, you know, go to a discipleship group. Well, Acts 2 says that they met in the temple and house to house. That's just the, like, part of following Jesus is being a disciple. Like, you don't need to pray about it. You just need to do it. I'm praying about whether I should be baptized. If you're not baptized, you should be baptized. It's the first step of obedience in following Jesus. When we do baptisms next week, you don't need to pray about it. You just need to say, yes, Jesus, I will obey you. But there's a perspective of fruitfulness, which is in what area does God want you to bear fruit? Kingdom fruit. That's what I'm talking about. Do you, you don't have to feel like it to be obedient, but in the area of fruitfulness, there's a whole lot of stuff we can give our time to. So what's God speaking to you about what you should give your time to? What you should be investing into? Where you should be sowing that seed? What area does God want you to produce a harvest in? I'm going to just give you four quick points on how to ask this question. I'm not going to ask it for you, but then we're going to finish because we're out of time. Firstly, pray and ask the Lord to show you how he wants to use you this year. Don't need to ask somebody else first. Don't ask Hugo how God wants to use you this year. He, he'll have lots of good plans for your life, but ask Jesus how he wants to use you this year. 
Firstly. Secondly, write it down and spend time each day praying over it. So once you, you pray and you set some time aside and you say, God, how do you want to use me? What do I have faith for? What do, you have, what do you want to use me in to be fruitful? If he says, you know, I want you to say, I want you to go to the Philippines with the team that's going, that Gabby's leading. You go, well then, write that down. I feel like God said I should go to the Philippines. And spend time praying into that. God, prepare my heart. God, give me vision for who you want me to minister to. God, would you, you need to provide the resources. You know, maybe there's a, there's a provision element to that. Write it down and pray into it. Thirdly, share it with others in your discipleship group and get them to pray with you and keep you accountable. So the first point is ask God. The second point is write it down and pray. Then share it with others. Get some perspective. Help them to pray with, ask them to pray with you and keep you accountable. I want to see five people saved this year. That's amazing. Write it down and begin to pray. God, who are the five people? God, would you show me? God, God, prepare my heart. Give me the words to say. Give me boldness to share the gospel. Then, I was like, that sounded like thunder or the Lord. I just wanted to make sure for a second that it was thunder and not the Lord being like, hello. Share it with others that can pray with you. I love, uh, and I've shared this testimony many times, of um, there was a group that Mark and Louise led, and they wrote down as a group 10, na- 10 names of people that they had faith for God to bring to salvation that year. And as they prayed together over the course of the year, every single one of those people, as a group, came to know Jesus. Finally, what is practical? Ask the Lord. Write it down and pray into it. Share it with those in your discipleship group and get them to pray into it with you and keep you accountable. And then fourthly, do what is practical. If God's telling you to go to the nations, you probably need to save money and get a passport. And make sure you have all of the checks and stuff that you need to have. Um, If you want to serve on the youth team and you don't have a license, you need to get your license. If you you know, want to go on the streets, you need to prepare in prayer and be ready. Like, you might need to do the Silence Breakers course again and learn some practical handles of how to do what's practical. Sometimes we have this mystical view of, oh, God's given me faith. I'm going to see 10 people saved. But we've never learned how to share the gospel. And so we sit in church hoping that the person next to us will be like, can you tell me how to get saved? Which can happen. But you're not going to see 10 people saved if you don't share the gospel with people. Do what is practical. There is, a, there is a practical element of saying, I have faith for this. I'm going to step into it. We're so thankful for all that God has done in the last year and what he's doing and what he's going to do this year. And we're going to see more and more testimonies. I have faith that more and more of us are going to have testimonies of his goodness and of him using us and of seeing healing and salvation come. I have faith that you're going to grow this year and become more like Jesus. But will you ask God, what do you want me to do this year? How do you want me to contribute? How do you want to use me? We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.